This episode is brought to you by The Eating Expedition. Isn't there something magical that happens when you eat a really good meal? Have you ever wanted to book a plane ticket to the vineyards in Tuscany after drinking an incredible Chianti wine? Or maybe you want to drive out to a factory to chat with the production manager and see how your favorite cheese is made. Here at The Eating Expedition, we take being a foodie up a notch. From farms to factories and food trucks to fine dining, we let firsthand experiences guide our conversations with folks in the food world. Ready to eat your way through Northern Italy? Join Morgan and five other adventurers from September 7th to 17th, 2022, as they experience the cuisine and food culture of Northern Italy. Head to theeatingexpedition.com for more trip details. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Happy Monday, Weight Inclusive Innovators. Today we are talking about work-life balance as multi-passionate entrepreneurs, which feels like it's coming at a perfect time for me. I need a reminder of this. You might be there too, Morgan. I see you nodding your head. But before we dive into today's episode, let's do a check-in. My question for you today is, what are you feeling grateful for? Today, this week, oh my gosh, what am I feeling grateful for? (laughs) The first thing that popped into my head was my anti-anxiety meds, but. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to meds, keeping us feeling okay. You know what? I will say I am thankful for having a system in place of color-coded Google Calendar organization. Because even though this week was chaotic as fuck, I would not have been able to survive without of all of, without all of my color coded things in my calendar to at least mentally prepare myself for having to like switch hats every like thirty minutes. That's Ooh. what I'm thankful for. Shout out to Past Morgan for setting you up for success, giving her a little pat on the back. <laughs> what about you? What are you grateful for this week? I feel like I can't quite pinpoint what I'm grateful for yet, but I feel I'm in transition in my brain of mindset and how I've been living my life, which we'll talk about today. Um, I'm feeling grateful that it feels like something's about to shift because something really needs to shift. And one way specifically today that was showing up and I feel grateful for is I woke up pretty well rested at 6 a.m. this morning, which I try to get up between six and seven. And it was a slower morning and I was able to take my dog for a walk and go get coffee and an almond croissant while it was just so quiet out and the air was crisp and it just felt a sense of peace that I haven't in a while. And that was really nice. And it was just bringing the gratitude to me of like, I love where I live. I live right next to the Botanic Gardens and a park, which is just so lovely. And so I got to think about all that this morning while I walked 
in the park and past the gardens and looking at all the plants and like, okay, I'm okay. I'm grateful. That sounds amazing. There is something just like truly calming about like waking up before the rest of the world and getting to experience that peace. And very similar to you, like I also live near a really big city, like very close to like a downtown area. And so I feel like sometimes it's hard to come by, but then yeah, there's, there's certain like pockets of peace in the morning. Um, I do the same thing. I'll just go like sit outside and just be like, <sighs> take that big deep breath and, and start the day. Doesn't happen always, but when it does, it's really nice. Yes. I, you just made me think of a conversation I had with one of my, um, friends who is also a business owner and group practice owner, Sage, shout out to you if you're listening, Sage. Um, she kind of took me and another one of our friends through this exercise this morning. And, um, just one piece that stuck out to me was how we feel like we're always just like sucking in air, like inhale, inhale, inhale. Like when we're jumping around to the different things, um, and moving through our days, like (gasps) we're never actually doing the exhale and letting it go. And I was like, dang, dang, that's true. Just always breathing in and moving and moving. It's so true. Yeah. Which you feel less of that first thing in the morning when nobody's up in the world. Yeah. One that reminds me kind of parallel, not exactly the same thing, but parallel of I'm reading burnout right now. The book burnout by the Nagowski sisters. Have you read it before? I have not. I listened to Brene Brown's interview with them. With them. That's how I, yeah, I listened to that and really loved it and then kind of forgot about it. And then one of my friends read burnout and it talks about how like we go through our days, like taking in, like being the humor, human giver and like having to like do all these things that we have to do something to complete the stress cycle. If not, we're just going to hold on to all of that. Um, and so I've been really cognizant of that this week and have, and it's freaking hundred degrees in Houston right now. Um, Ooh. that, you know what? I am thankful to have a membership at a gym that has treadmills and ability to watch the Astros, Houston Astros baseball team. That's what I've done so much this week at the end of the day. Like I just have so much pent up, like energy, like to where I feel like I need to like, just like pace and get some of it out. And so I've gone and done like number warning, like super slow, 2.5 mile per hour, like casual walk, reading a book, glancing up at the Astros. And that has been just what I need. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, I imagine you would do a walk outside if it was tolerable. Yes. It's not tolerable anymore. We've hit that point. Oh, I can't even imagine. I went back to the Midwest last weekend to see my cute ass nephew. Oh, that's right. Um, yes. And it was so Midwest humid. I live in Denver. No humidity. It's fantastic. It was like 85 and humid in Missouri. And I literally was like, someone just put me out of my misery. Misery, Missouri. I always say <laughs> together. So I can't even imagine like 15 degrees more going outside. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Dude, I literally got in my car the other day and my temperature gauge read 111 because, you know, your car gets hot sitting outside and then it went down, uh, to like 98 <laughs> and I was like, this is, I just, I love the diversity, like the food diversity of Houston so much. So my family is like, I love it here. I don't ever want to leave, but 
we're working towards that uh, lifestyle, that work-life balance of getting to uh, possibly peace out from Houston more and more each summer to go stay and work from somewhere more tolerable. (laughs) Somewhere with AC and coldness. My AC went out yesterday morning. Uh, Yeah. We're just going to keep adding to this gratitude list because I'm I'm here for it. I woke up at 6 a.m. and my apartment was eerily quiet. And I, I don't have central AC. I have a wall unit. And it was eerily quiet. And I was like, what's going on? Like, did the power turn off? Did like a power line go out? But like, I could turn my light on. My phone was charging. Like, everything was fine. And I realized that my wall unit like wouldn't turn on. And, I, and thankfully, my apartment was still like cold. It, it retains temperature really well. And I text my landlord and I was like, Hey, like when you get a minute today, like, do you mind popping over? He was over here at six ten in the morning. He was like, can I just come now? And I was like, well, I literally just got up. So like, give me a few minutes, but, and he came over and was like ready to troubleshoot everything and was like about to go buy a new wall unit. He came back over later and he had to go to work. And then he came back later in the day to measure it, to make sure it was like the right size. And it randomly was on. And he goes, I don't know what happened. We like checked the breaker box. We checked connections. We like tried to reset it, everything, but it was back on. And I was like, I'm also very grateful for a landlord who like takes quick action and making sure that my apartment doesn't get stupid hot in the middle of summer. That's the kind of energy we love from landlords. We need more of that. Yes. Yes, we do. Makes me never want to leave my apartment. Are you ready to dive in? I am ready to dive into today's episode. Okay. So work life balance and integration. Woo. What do you feel like is the difference between balance and integration? Cause I feel like you use the word balance. I use the word integration. We probably mean the same things, mm-hmm. but I'm curious. I think work life balance and using that term is sort of like that clickbait term, you know, mm. work life balance It's catchy and like Everybody wants it and we need it. And when I think about the word balance, it's how do you have a balance in moving forward in your career, building your business, growing, and also living your personal life. And I think previously there had been so much like, you know, you go to your nine to five and then you're done and you go home and that's your work-life balance. Work is at work in these hours home is home. And I think that really got shook up with the pandemic. And in general, when you own your own business or when you work at a private practice or whatnot. So I think the balance is having them really separate. Mm. So I, like, I agree with that. Like that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think I got stuck in like this perfectionistic trap specifically during the pandemic. I was already working from home and home is 360 square feet with no internal walls. Like on this call right now, you can literally see like my couch and like my bed's right there. Like, and so it really messed with my mind for some reason. I got stuck on this word balance of having to have that separation while I was living in a space where it didn't feel possible at all to have separation between the two and have like, I am now shutting off my laptop and starting my home life like it. And so 
it was during that time that that like that's where when I started adopting the word work life integration because it felt like I had no control over this balance and I felt like I needed to like feel I needed something that I could resonate with to make me feel like sane during all of that. I don't know why my brain is drawing this parallel, but I'll just go with it. So when we talk about the word healthy, you know, sometimes us eating disorder, non-diet clinicians cringe because we're like, oh, healthy has been made out to be this diet culture, rigid, salesy type thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, no, what is nourishing? What is self-care? What is filling our cup? There's like different terminology for it. And I think the same thing with work-life balance and with work-life balance, I'm imagining like this, almost like a seesaw that has a ball Mm. on it of like, it goes to one side of like, here's work. And then you're like, oh shit, I got to overcompensate and like go back the other way. And it's rather than having something sustainable that incorporates and honors both your work and life and how that can go together. And it's not always separatable. Yeah. And it, and it's true. And I think, I really think like there's, there is a lot, it's like a Venn diagram, right? A balance, one circle, integration, the other, there's a lot of crossover. And I think it's, I mean, truthfully, it's like personal preference, like call it what you want. I think you and I are both talking about the same thing and there's, you can set your own goals of what that means for you. I just came to realize that as someone who owns their own business, especially as someone who is multi-passionate. I know we have multi-passionate in the title, even if you're not multi-passionate and you just work for yourself in some capacity and like, don't have someone else dictating your schedule. Like this is for you. I needed a word and chose landed on integration because there was no way for me to separate them. Like I could try, like, you know, I could close my laptop. I could go for a walk. I could go out to dinner with friends. And like, that seemed to be my separation, but there was no way of stopping my brain from like wandering and thinking about business things, even when I was just living my life. And so I was like, I have the balance there, right? I have the boundaries. We'll talk about boundaries to put in place. But I almost like started feeling defeated when I was so stuck on the word balance because I'm like, I'm on vacation. I'm out to dinner with my friends. Why am I still thinking about work? Why am I still having these thoughts? And was almost like punishing myself, not punishing myself, but like having negative self-talk of like, you shouldn't be thinking about this. When in reality, like it is very normal for entrepreneurs especially multi-passionate Enneagram seven entrepreneurs to constantly have their head in the clouds and be dreaming of new ideas. And so whenever I finally said like, yes, I will just allow those thoughts. And I now have a system in place where if I'm out doing something where I don't want to be working, I have just a note section in my phone that I write them down in to at least get them out of my brain. I love but they're that. still there. Yeah. Well, and there's a difference, right? Between the playfulness and the identity in being an entrepreneur, having fun thoughts, like letting your brain explore. And then the, on the other hand, the sense of urgency, the, the feelings of like, I can't stop working. They're two totally different experiences. So it's almost, it's almost like if you want to pull out your computer at eight o'clock at night, because there's an article you've been meaning to read, or you want to do research on something. And that feels like it fills your cup that can be work-life integration, even though it's quote unquote after hours. 
But if you're working into the evening because X, Y, and Z is happening during the day, you're feeling unfocused, um, you took on too much. None of this is describing me, P.S. That's a problem. I feel like we also kind of, similar to what we talked about with like success, right? Like we learn a definition of success growing up. We see it around us. Like those experiences influence our perception of it. If you remember, we definitely didn't have the name work-life balance when we were like 13 years old, right? We were not cognizant of that. But reflecting back, what do you think influenced kind of what your definition, idea of work-life balance was? Oof. Okay. So (laughs) my dad is like the hardest worker I know. He traveled my entire childhood and would be working in different countries. And, um, that's just the nature of his work. And so he is such a grinder, like literally works such long days, so much identity and work busts his ass. And I saw that growing up. And then there was a lot of sacrifice there too. Like I saw my dad on weekends, my entire childhood, mostly, obviously he would be home for some weeks and things, but my dad's job is what allowed us to come here to America. And he has a lot of pride in his work and his work ethic and the ability for him to provide for our family, which was very, you know, baby boomer generation. And then my mom also worked full-time for a long time as a nurse. And, you know, she was very good with separating work and life actually. And part of it is she had to, right. She had to take care of me and my sister too, Mm -hmm. but work was at work. She worked the same schedule every day when three o'clock hit, she was like, I'm fucking out of (laughs) here and would go home and do her thing. I feel like you saw like polar opposite ends of the spectrum within that. Yep. Yeah. And, but still in even watching my mom have work-life balance, I feel she still had that when you're at work and you're there, you bust your ass and you do a good job, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's the energy to bring to work with a little bit more softness, mm-hmm. but yeah, I had a couple parents who, um, yeah, worked a lot, mostly my dad. Yeah. What about you? Pretty similar on the dad front. My dad worked a lot, traveled quite a bit. He would like, you know, be at work. He like goes, he still does like goes into work at like four o'clock in the morning. He works an office job. Like it's not, but he, that's, that's when he's productive. Like that's when he likes to go in and work. And so I remember him like, it's like, it's like tenfold, right. Or like not tenfold, um, twofold. He worked really hard and was also very present in Mm. my life. Like of all of the things that I remember doing growing up and like I was involved in like a shit ton of things growing up. I only ever remember him missing like one random band concert my whole life, unless he was traveling, but that's a different story. I like, I, I, you know, recognizing that now is like super cool. Like, wow. Like he really like shit, like he showed up, like he, he worked really hard and like, there was that balance of like being with family at the same time. I remember many times when we went on vacation that he would work on vacation. Like he mm. just, he 
was someone that was like a decision maker in the company. People needed him to move things forward naturally. And so he would, I mean, I remember, um, and there's also like so many pictures. It's comical of him, like talking on the phone as we're walking around Disney world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And, but that was just like normal, right? Like, you know, you're, you're a kid, like that's just what normal is to you. And so it's interesting looking at those two pieces now and kind of figuring out like now getting to decide like what pieces of that, that I want to take, because I am very much the one where like, I don't travel anywhere without my laptop ever, mm-hmm. even on vacation. Like when I go on vacation, I'm an early bird. I'm going to get up early. I'm not going to force myself to work, but if I wake up before everyone else that I'm traveling with, I'm going to open up my laptop and see what comes to mind and like work and flow and get some ideas out and, and do things like that, even though like I would never force myself to, but like working on vacation feels normal. I don't know the last time I took a vacation and like didn't open up my laptop at one point. Mm-hmm. I relate to that a lot too. And like I said earlier, there's a difference in sense of urgency, right? It's not a compelling, like I have to do this. It's a, I want to explore this and like, this is filling part of my cup. Mm-hmm. If you were to rate what your work-life balance was on a scale of one to 10, one being I have awful work-life balance and 10 being I've got this in the book, where would you be? Oof. Well, <laughs> I'm going to be honest and say a one. Mm, um, and okay. I think it's especially catching up to me this week. So I, it's so hard. It's like a I don't want it to be a do as I say, not what I do, because I need to be better about it. But I, f- I feel so in the one right now in my oh. Enneagram and on this scale, like very overwhelmed and not making enough space for the things that fill me up outside of work. And I think it's a season that needs to end. <laughs> I've been talking about it in therapy a lot, actually, because it is heavy to get to this place. If you feel comfortable, like what things do you feel like have kind of been like piling on top of each other to like get you here? And like Mm -hmm. how kind of like how did you get to the spot? Because it's normal like this. Trust me, I go through seasons like this, too. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating how often being in a place like this happens. And it's like why didn't I learn from this the last time? Like what, how, how do I keep getting myself in this situation? Yeah. I think it's all good intention, right? I don't know if you feel this, but whenever I take on something or I get an idea or I'm like in my flow, sometimes I don't know when to stop. I think part of it for Mm. me is ADHD of like, once I get momentum, I just face dive into things until my face is ran into the ground. And I'm like, Oh shoot. How did I get here? Like if you go back to my ADHD episode listeners and kind of tune in, I talk about how, when you have ADHD, sometimes it feels like nothing you're doing is enough and you have unrealistic expectations of yourself of what you quote unquote should be able to get done in a given work day. And so when I don't meet those things at times, which has been happening a good amount, especially in the last week, which is part of why we're talking about this today and just being candid. Um, I'm like running myself down. I'm going into the evenings. It's hard to shut off my computer. 
I also get to this point of like no return where I feel like 10 o'clock hits and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not getting eight hours anyway. So I should just keep going and like Mm. scroll. I don't even have to be working at this point. Just scroll. Don't go to bed. I think part of it is like not being ready for the next day too. So like delaying it because if you go to bed, that means the next day is coming. That's so sad. Yes. And it's, I have a hundred percent been in that moment too. Um, and then piled on top of that is the anxiety that comes with it because then I'm like, well, if I'm already up, like I might as well scroll or I might as well work or I might as well get up and open my laptop and then working and scrolling and getting kind of like we talked about last week in the comparison trap or the, a few weeks ago, like being stuck in the comparison trap, like just continues to flood my brain. It's a really tricky spot to be in. Mm-hmm. all around because you like don't really know how best to like care for yourself in that moment yeah or where to find the time when you're in this place of not having balance or an integration that feels sustainable so yep that's me and where I am at what about you where are you at on that scale who I would say right now in this moment probably like a 6.5 oddly specific. It doesn't quite feel like a seven, like seven, like seven out of 10 is like 70% and that's passing. And I don't quite think I'm like, quote unquote, passing, but I'm not far from it. So I'm going to go 6.5. I think part of this is avoidance of being a seven, (laughs) but my ability to avoid things sometimes, avoid work things sometimes, and fill that time instead with like social things, I think is the reason it's so high. So it's not necessarily like a healthy 6.5. I'm not like a, I'm so good at balancing and integrating my life. I think some of it is I get so overwhelmed with work that I am just like, I'm just not even going to open my laptop today. I don't want to look at my email until three o'clock. Yeah. And, and so I've almost given myself like too much leniency with that. I've noticed that if I have social things scheduled, like I will avoid work or I will purposely schedule things to like, like last minute things like, oh, I really should damn should freaking shoulds, man. I really should open up my laptop and answer emails because they're piling up and I need to get with it. And people are waiting on me to answer things. But I wonder if I could convince a friend to like go walk and get coffee right now. Cause that sounds really fun and life-giving for what it's worth. That's how I integrate my life. And I think there is definitely room for improvement. And I think what that improvement looks like is very similar to the success of a seven moving towards a five and not having to do these like sporadic social things, but rather being more intentional with them. Ooh, I feel like we need to give each other a little bit of what we're going through. Cause I feel like I'm avoiding my life by just getting caught up in work and grad school and focusing on that and forgetting to live, which is, I feel like I'm the opposite. Yeah. So similar yet. So different. Mm-hmm. 
but I really resonate with the idea of being avoidant. Cause I think mm-hmm. when I get in these places where I'm not having that integration and that balance, I'm avoiding something, whether I'm on the more flip side, which I go to when I'm in adventure mode and I'm like, I want to run away to the mountains and, you know, eat the freeze dried macaroni and beef because it's actually delicious. Um, <laughs> I've never tried it. Yeah. So it's great backpacking, uh, food. Cause it's light. And then you just boil water and pour it in there. And it's actually like quite tasty. Yum. I Especially love after- mac and cheese. I make it's like, it's kind of like a, um, like an American goulash, like mac and cheese with some beef tomato Ooh, yeah. sauce. Yeah. yeah. So, and then just to, to have peace there, you know, like backpacking all day, sitting on a rock, eating my macaroni and beef. It's nice and quiet. Like that seems nice. And then that's me avoiding work sometimes. Sometimes well, there's like, probably no service out there. You can't like panic yeah. check your email. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I go dangerously that way as well, but I'm in a season right now where I'm dangerously working too much. Yeah. What and- kind of, what kind of things are you having to like balance right now? Like why, why does it feel like so much? Yeah. Having a group practice is a full-time job in itself. I love it. I fucking love Nourish Colorado. I love my team. I care about them and their well-being and their professional development and everything. Sometimes holding all of the things for all the different kinds of people involved in my business, whether it's clinicians, clients, admin staff, clients that aren't even mine, it's sometimes a lot to hold and to worry about. So that's one piece. On top of that, I am also building out continuously my consulting firm, which I love. I love coaching people on group practice. I love supporting them. I love helping people get a network with insurance. And that could be a full-time job in itself. (laughs) And then I'm also in grad school, which I think that one's been pushing me over the edge recently because it's a class I really like. We're talking about organizational culture and I'm studying Trader Joe's, Ooh. which is very fun. So I'm using more of my energy to contribute to that, which I should be right. Like I'm in school to learn and to engage, but this course feels more intensive. And I feel like it's pushing me a little bit to where that's what I'm going into the evening, working on a lot of the time, or I did some of that during the day. So then I'm having to catch up on other things at night. Um, I sometimes forget how much I'm doing and I love it all. Like, I don't want to come off as complaining or oh. woe is me, but it is just a lot sometimes. Dude, I, uh, I fucking relate to that so hard. Like I had this conversation with someone that I met for the first time recently and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, what don't I do? And then I was like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> do it all. But I was, I was talking to them about just like all of the projects that I was working on and they're like, wow, you're really busy. And I, that like, it makes my skin crawl hearing that. And I was like, yes, I'm really busy and I love everything that I do. It ebbs and flows. Not everything's going to be happy, go lucky all the time, but like overall love what I do. And I limit my hours. It's not like I'm working 80 hours a week. Like I am very cognizant of how much time I spend working. 
and I'm decently good at working in flow, which I think contributes to that 6.5% of like allowing myself to rest when I really like, I'm not going to force myself to do creative things if I'm not in the headspace for that, because that just results in like shitty work. And I don't want to do that, but I love everything that I do. I'm cognizant of my hours. It's not like I am like working so much that I don't have things outside of my life. And so until one of those things changes, I'm content, I'm good. But then I, like the, the podcast episode we listened to, uh, that led me to the, the VA, the virtual assistant was called million dollar focus, which also kind of plays on the question that Heather Kaplan asked us of if you could only focus on one thing. And that's where my brain has been a lot of like, what is the magic that I could create if I just focus on one thing? And that's what gets me so overwhelmed that I become avoidant. Because the idea of only focusing on one thing and having to like, because I don't want to shut other things down. And so like figuring out even like what that balance looks like just like stresses me out to the max paired with if I focus on one thing, there's a really good chance that that thing will be successful. And that feels scary too. Is there ever a scariness in that consuming more of your time or like becoming this Frankenstein monster that's overwhelming in itself? Like specifically related to like working? Like if you were, yeah, if you were focused on just one project and like Mm -hmm. you grow it out, it gets big, it takes up more of your time. As I'm talking this through though, I'm like, well, if it's something you really like, And if it were to get big, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily not having work-life integration. But it makes it harder. I think it makes it a lot harder though. Like I think, I think where my fear is, is like everything that I'm doing now feels decently manageable. There's always going to be ebbs and flows. There's always going to be weeks that I work more and weeks that I work less. And and I'm good with that. That integration feels good for me. The scary part of focusing on one thing is if I only focus on that one thing and it grows, it naturally is going to need more of my time that I don't necessarily know that I have. Mm. And I think that's where the balance and the integration comes in. Cause like, it, and I will use a specific example, weight inclusive business Academy. I am so fucking ready for this to be built and launched. I'm so passionate about it. I love it. It's so needed. I've gotten such good feedback. I am a hundred percent holding myself back. If you want more on that, listen to the VA episode. And I know that when that grows, there will be technical issues, customer support links, not working like all of these things are like people suggesting more topics that they want to learn about. And like, I am going to have to spend a lot more time towards that, but I don't want to work more than I'm working now Mm. forever. I'm good doing it for like a season, but I just envision it being like, I will then have to work so much more. And if I'm not willing to work more hours, it means I'm going to have to give something up and I'm not ready to do that either. Like between a rock and a hard place right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. 
I, I relate to that a lot. I want to take a moment and acknowledge that we have it pretty fucking quote unquote easy considering like we don't have families to show up for or like different life circumstances. We're sinks. We're single sinks. income, no kids <laughs> other than Bennett. Yes, Bennett, he doesn't take up too much time though. And he's mostly, he's mostly good. Sometimes when I'm anxious and he's like clinging to me, I'm like, I I can't with you today, dude. But most of the how time, intuitive he is. He's very intuitive. He's very in tune with my emotions and feelings to a fault. Yeah. Yes. But yes, lots of we're 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 sinks. We are literally focused on ourselves. We for sure have it easy. Yes. So we want to acknowledge all the different life circumstances people have and stressors and things that they have to balance. Like, damn, you are doing a fucking good job. If nobody's told you recently. Yes. Yeah. And we're just going to throw a little fun personal note in here. I feel like this is why I feel like why I avoid dating because like the idea of having to make, like add one more thing to my schedule that's going to take up time feels intolerable right now. Mm. Like not forever, but you know, it's, we're talking about work-life integration, dating as a part of life. So it's, it's been really interesting noticing like those different patterns or like how much, how much time am I, um, putting towards friendships, family relationships, personal time and figuring out like those balancing things too. I actually was just listening to a podcast episode that Adrian Paxosa did on fearless practitioners. And she mentioned, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get the phrasing correct on this. Have you looked at your calendar and are the things on your calendar in alignment with your values? Ooh. And I, that question just made me like stop and think. And I like pulled up my calendar and I was like, am I saying yes to things that are in alignment with that? Because while there's a good overlap of my values between like personal and business, there are definitely some more values that are like pretty personal that I really need to make sure I am holding space and giving time to. Mm, Yes. And that's, I'm, that's where I'm at. I feel like when I look at my calendar right now, there's not a lot of personal life stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have it scheduled, it's not happening. If, Mm -hmm. and so what happens is time just passes. I get into this pattern of oh, I can work on this. Like I have time tonight. And sometimes that is fine. Right. When it's like, oh, this is going to fill my cup X, Y, Z, but it's that repetitive sense of urgency, having to keep going that I keep coming back to of like, this isn't in alignment with my values and I'm missing all these other pieces of my life. So do you ever feel like you get into like an existential crisis thinking about all of the things you want to balance (sighs) every other day? Sometimes I think about that and then I avoid it. But when I do think about it, <laughs> I like it feels so overwhelming because there's so, and, and I and I have to remind myself that like I can take it in small chunks. I can like make decisions based on like two week sprints, one month sprints, one quarter sprints. Like what I'm trying to balance now is going to evolve and change as my life evolves and changes. And so I don't have to have it all perfect right now. I have to give myself grace and space for it to continue to support me as I'm growing and changing. 
but I will like look at, um, I used to have like a bunch of colored sticky notes on my wall of all of the different projects that my hand was in. And there'd be days where I'd look at that and like, just have to like leave my apartment. I took them down. They're no longer there anymore because I would look at them and I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to fit all of this in on top of everything else? And then it just feels like there's, there, it, there wasn't, whenever I get in moments like that, like there doesn't feel like a rational answer to answer that. I'm like, I don't have anything. I have no coping skills that I can use to figure this out and like come up with a game plan. Like I just, it's so overwhelming. So I've now had to notice, like if I'm inching towards that, I, there are, I have to find things to put into place that still don't, it still doesn't feel like a perfect system. Like I, it, I don't think it ever will feel like a perfect system, but I, I like go into like Enneagram one micromanage mode and like brain dump all of the tasks, put all the tasks in a sauna, print out physical calendars because I like being able to like write things like that helps get some energy out. And then I run into issues where I'm like, ah, I feel good. Everything has a place. Everything has a due date. I'm good. I'm managing it all. And then I look at my fucking Asana and there's like 30 tasks to do one day. And I was like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Who allowed me to do this to myself? See, that's when past Morgan sabotaged you. Yes. (laughs) And so then I, and then I'm having to spend even more time going through and being like, okay, like, what do I actually need to get done? I also, whenever we start getting guests on the podcast, I want to bring someone on that talks about working in alignment with menstrual cycles, because I feel like there's something there and I've listened to some episodes before, but like nothing's just stuck with me, but I feel like there has to be something there of going through like the different phases of like your cycle for those of us who have periods and having energy one week and not having energy one week and when you should rest and when you should like gear up and like do a bunch of visionary work and when you should be in the weeds and all of that. And I feel like there's something there and I want to learn more about it. There totally is. Actually, this isn't what you're speaking to, but my psychiatric provider who helps me manage my ADHD was talking about how the week leading up to menstruation starting is the worst fucking week for productivity and mood and things, which it's like, yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So something shifts hormonally. I think maybe it's like increased estrogen that affects dopamine, but it's a thing y'all. And I'm like, wow, that, that fits. Yep. In everything that we've talked about so far, we're having different experiences with work-life balance integration right now. And everybody's situation is going to look a little bit different in what they're struggling with and what they're working towards. But I would love to hear what things you have in place to check yourself and make sure that you are working towards that balance. If you're not there, like what boundaries do you have? What do you do? What are your non-negotiables? Oh, what a great question, Hannah. (laughs) I would say, oh gosh. I don't have it figured out. I feel like it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall to see what works and see what doesn't. And I should probably spend some time like looking at that. Should fucking shoulds. Fucking should. Um, one thing that has been consistently helpful is making sure that I build in time to travel. There is something about being in an airport flying 
getting out of my usual routine that helps kind of pull me up and out of the weeds to be able to view things a little more big picture. And I feel like it's in those moments that I do my best reflecting to figure out like what actually it is that I need. I love the idea of like journaling every morning that it doesn't happen. I love the idea of visiting my values every morning. Doesn't always happen. When I do those things, it definitely helps because it allows me to go throughout my day with like my values at the forefront of my mind to like make decisions that feel in alignment with that. I I mean, that's like, that's like the best answer that I have probably. But like, even like, you know, we leave for, well, by the time this episode airs, we'll be in Mexico city. We're recording less. We are not there yet, but even planning things like that. I mean, like that trip happened back like a few months ago when we were both like, fuck, like we have got to get out of the weeds. Like we just need a time and a space to zoom out. And so making sure that I have things like that scheduled into my time is like the best thing that I can do to support myself with boundaries around work. Like I only take meetings on Tuesdays and Fridays. That feels really helpful. Wednesdays are my flex days. That feels really helpful. So I feel like that system, because that's been in place. Like I've had that system in place for well over a year now. And it has, and it's honestly been one of the best things ever because it allows it like can put me in the right headspace going into the day of like what kind of work that I need to like be prepared to do. Absolutely. And the fact that you've been able to maintain it for so long means it's working for it's you. It's working hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. It's absolutely working. And then in terms of the avoidance piece and figuring out like what to do instead of avoid Asana, same thing. I've been using Asana for nine, over nine months now. That's been really helpful. I think there's still some systems within that, that could be improved, could be better, but for the most part, like that's been a really helpful tool to have as well. Your turn. What boundaries are you putting in place or working on putting into place or feel like could be helpful? Well, one, I'm with you on the physical thing of being physically removed from your environment because my work and life are so overlapping in a lot of ways. Like a lot of friends I have are through this work. Um, We're talking about work a lot. We're passionate about work. I feel like I, there's just always reminders around of it. So when I can be physically removed, which I felt a little bit when I went back to Missouri to see my nephew, I was like, Oh, this is so nice. I feel a little bit more grounded. There's something really powerful in that, that shifts my mental space as well. So looking forward to Mexico city, boop, boop. other things that I'm working on is interrupting when I am starting to see myself go into the evening. So there's going to be a few days of the week where I have a hard stop at a certain time. I haven't decided what that is yet because there's the balance of I'm doing a lot, which is great. And I need a good chunk of time to do these things. So I can't stop working at 2 PM, you know, right. And maybe some days I will in the future, but I think just having that time of like, everything's closing. I need to get everything done before this time 
and prioritizing what actually needs to be done versus what I quote unquote should get done is a boundary for work-life balance. The other piece, and this kind of goes back to the physical space thing. I've been going into the office Mm. a little bit more and having that separation of, okay, this is the place I work. I'm going here the whole day. Even if I'm not seeing clients in person, I'm still going to do X, Y, Z. And this is always going to be a place of work for me versus at home when I, I can work anytime I want or not work, which those are nice too, but I tend to lean more on the, I can't turn off. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about like removing ourselves in like a different city state, whatever, but I think even on a smaller scale, like that really resonates with me too, of like going to work at my co-working space and like getting outside of my apartment. I've also, um, there's a, my favorite coffee shop in Houston is called tenfold. And I used to go there. I like had a meeting me and super bill. Hannah would go meet there on Tuesday mornings. And then it just started happening where like a few different people in my life also all happened to be there on Tuesday mornings too. And it was like, it happened like three weeks in a row. And so we have named it now tenfold Tuesdays where we all just happen to like be at tenfold on Tuesdays and they open up at 7am. And it's been really helpful for me to like be at tenfold at 7am to work to where I can work my like dedicated six, seven, sometimes eight hour days. Cause it's a, such a place of focus for me that I can stop working at three. Ooh, I love that. And then you can close your mm-hmm. computer leave the work at tenfold mm-hmm. metaphorically and Metaphor- go home yep. and do what you want or go out with people things and like do that. what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I'm working on too. And then social media is a big thing that takes me into the evening. I think just when you get in those patterns of scrolling, scrolling. And, I mean, I've got three different Instagrams now and they're all work related, mm-hmm. you know, and And I actually don't want to be spending my time outside of work, even scrolling on Instagram, if it was personal life related. So I'm trying to be more cognizant of that. And sometimes I have to bury my phone in my couch. Mm. And luckily, sometimes I forget where I put it too. So so when (laughs) I start to feel like, oh, I want to look at this climbing TikTok, which is more personal life related, but then it somehow seeps over to like scrolling through colleagues stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I don't know where it is. And maybe I need to not know where it is. And so it helps you pause and like really reflect out of sight, out of mind with the phone. I do that too. Whenever I'm like working at my laptop, I'll like throw my phone over on my couch. Be like, it's behind me. I can't see it. I think that's all I got. Like, and that's, that's where it's like, oof, work-life balance, work-life integration is so tough and we don't have all the answers and we're in it. Um, just to normalize it, this, you get in these seasons. It yeah. sucks. This is one of those episodes where we hope you feel validated, but we unfortunately do not have a uh, three steps to manage work-life balance. So if anything, we hope you at least feel validated in your journey as an entrepreneur. Yes. And if you have those three steps, please email them to us, send them to us. We will we'll make a it. post of everyone's ways that they navigate work-life balance and it can live on our Instagram feed. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Pod. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. See you next week. Bye.